0: You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 138, the solo series. I don't know what you heard, but, ha, yeah, she runs the show. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of She Runs the Show, episode 138. This is going to be an off-the-cuff episode that I'm just going to talk through. I don't, I don't really have any notes <laughs> um, because it's something that I've been thinking about ever since the topic was brought to my attention by a listener uh, on Instagram, and I've really been racking my brain a little bit about this topic. And what we're talking about in today's episode is how to handle the fear of not getting to the top. And so, what we're going to talk about for the next twenty or so minutes is this whole thing about you know you're you're doing everything you can in your business, and you're you're giving your heart out, and you know that this business is meant for you, and, and you're doing the work and you're putting yourself out there and you're giving a hundred percent. And yet you see others in your space. You see others in your industry who are making it like they are, they are rocking it. And not only are they putting their hearts out there, but they're making it big and they're, they're getting to the place that you've always envisioned for yourself in the same industry, in your business. And the question becomes, how do you, how do you be happy for the people in your industry who would be your competitors if you did the whole competition thing, which I'm not a fan of the whole competition thing, but they're in your industry, they're in your space and they're rising. How do you be happy for them at the same time that you're asking yourself the question, why am I not there yet? Why am I not there yet? Like I'm doing everything. I'm giving everything. I want to be happy for them because they're where I want to be. And I've watched their rise, but I'm not there yet. And so how do you handle the fear of not getting to the top? And then also comparing yourself to other people in your industry who started close to when you started, who are way beyond where you are and who are where you want to be. How do you congratulate them and really mean it? How do you support them and really mean it? Even though in the back of your mind, you're sort of feeling a little combination of envy and maybe a little bit of jealousy, but definitely scarcity because your question is, you know, is there enough room at the top for all of us? Is there, is that really true? I mean, we say this all the time, you know, you hear all the quotes that say um, it's, it's not crowded at the top. You know, the top 3% is still only the top 3% and it's not crowded. And even though we hear those quotes and we hear those things, when you're watching other people rise to the level that you want to be at specifically in your industry, and you feel like you're doing everything you can, but you're not rising as fast as they are, what do you do with those feelings? What do you do with those emotions? And, you know, the reason I've been racking my brain is because I've been, I've been trying to think you know, how can, how can I relate that to my own entrepreneurial journey? You know, how can I relate that to, um, where do I do that in my business? And I don't really do that. That's what, I think that's, what's hard about this topic for me. And I want to talk about that journey and why I don't do the, the comparison thing. So when I first started a business, it was, it was back, I would say when I really first started business, you know, I think, I was six or seven years old. Maybe I was eight or nine. And my first business was I got girls together and we made, well, first we did bake sales on the corner of my street in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and we sold baked goods. And then we took the money and went to Roy Rogers. If you're from the East Coast, you know what Roy Rogers is. It's like a Popeye's chicken. And we bought ourselves chicken and food which was not a good reinvestment strategy at that time. I probably should have learned that then. Uh, and then we did other things. We sold, I think, chicken and other stuff. I've always been very entrepreneurial. And most of us who are entrepreneurs, if we think back to our childhood, we've always been super entrepreneurial. And I've always been somebody who, um, who leads the pack. It is, I think what's interesting to watch in my life is that now, the older that I get, the more selective about, The more selective I am about where I choose to show my leadership qualities um, in certain environments to others, it would not look like I lead the pack, even though that's my natural tendency and that's what I do. In some situations, I'm way more the lone wolf than I am the leader of the pack. And that's a conscious decision that I make. I'm very selective now in a way that I wasn't in my 20s. In my 20s, I wanted to help everybody and I wanted to lead everything. And so the leader in me was always out in the forefront now that I'm 40, and I think this really happened in my 30s, I don't lead the pack in every situation. There are certain situations that warrant um, my leadership to show up, and there are certain situations that do not warrant that kind of energy and that kind of um, give. And so I'm super selective. This is a boundaries conversation, which is for another episode about where I show up powerfully as a leader and Other situations where I show up sort of on the sidelines, kind of observing, maybe doing some leadership, but not really throwing it all out there. So that's just a side note to anybody who wonders if in order for them to get to the top, they've got to throw themselves out there as a leader all of the time. You don't have to do that all of the time. And and part of this conversation, let me just say this up front, a part of what we're about to talk about how to handle the fear of not getting to the top is really about clarity. The answer to this comes down to clarity about you, clarity about who you know yourself to be, clarity about what you really want out of your life and out of your business. But most importantly, clarity about your worthiness. One of the upcoming events that I'm doing is a clarity and power workshop and it's going to be a virtual workshop so you can take it with me from anywhere in the world. And it's going to be July 1st, because guess what? We're about to be six months into 2018, which means as of July 1st, we've only got six months left to the year. So if you've been kind of sitting on the sidelines and not achieving your goals, personal and professional for 2018, guess what? We only got six months left. We need to hustle. We need to hustle. So I created the Clarity and Power Workshop that I'm going to do live from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mountain on Sunday, July 1st. For any person, this doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you're a business owner or not, who wants to get clarity about what the heck am I doing with the rest of my 2018? Like, what are my dreams? What are my goals? What are my priorities? Who am I choosing to be the rest of this year? How am I choosing to show up? Because you cannot have power without clarity. That's why I call this the Clarity and Power Workshop. Now, because it is deep work. And when I say we're doing deep work virtually on Sunday, July 1st, it is not lecture discussion. Let me just be really clear. It is deep work. We are getting to your limiting beliefs. We are inviting fears over for dinner, right in that zoom room. We are doing some energy work, some modality work in terms of learning how to do creative visualization. <clears throat> we're going to get down to your specific priorities for the rest of 2018. Like whatever that takes, we're going to be doing group coaching to get down to that. And then coming up with a mission statement for the rest of the year and coming up with uh, what you need to drop. We're going to spend a lot of time on July 1st in creator and destroyer mode. We're going to clear space. We're going to clear energy, but we're going to get super clear for each person who participates in the workshop. Where do you need to be a creator in your life and what do you need to create by the end of this year? But also, and this is the less popular one, where you need to be a destroyer in your life. Destroyer is not a bad thing. I'm gonna do a whole episode on this. Destroyer is not a bad thing. You need to be as powerful a destroyer as you are as a creator. And so, with those participants in that workshop, I'm gonna go through where do you, where do you? And that's why it's deep work because we're everybody's getting their customized, personalized. This is deep work stuff where do you need to destroy things in your life? What needs to be destroyed? What's got to go? What needs to be cleared? Where do you need to create? What do you need to create in the rest of 2018? And that is the Clarity and Power Workshop because there is no power without clarity. There's no power. Now this workshop is virtual. I'm hoping to do this outside in the beautiful Wyoming landscape if it agrees with me. So I will be on camera. You will see me in the beautiful Wyoming landscape if it is not raining like it's been the last three days or I'll do it in my home office, but we will be virtual. You can, I would prefer you be on camera. I'm just going to prep people. Some people don't like webcams, so I can see you. And when I coach you, we have that connection, but you can choose not to be on camera too. I can hear your voice and, and there's a lot that can be done there as well, but it's going to be a virtual workshop on July 1st. It is limited to five participants. I want you to hear that five because these spots will be gone before you know it. And I'm offering 40% off if you sign up between today and Friday. Now, if you're listening to this six months from now, it's over. <laughs> it's gone. I'm sure 2018 is gone. If you're going to be listening to this in 2019, but if you're listening to this in real time, uh, I'm offering 40% off for those who sign up between now and Friday, which is my middle baby's birthday, the 22nd of June. Um, And, So you get 40% off. If you wait until Saturday, June 23rd, then it's going to go up to its full price and it is limited to five. I will shut down the site the moment the five are in because I cannot do this deep work with more than five people, even in a virtual setting. So if you want to sign up for the Clarity and Power Workshop, go to tinyurl.com forward slash clarity workshop KV. That's tinyurl.com forward slash clarity workshop KV. Pay your registration fee. I will send you the digital workbook that you're going to need, pre work, and the instructions and how to body, mind, spirit get ready for this. It is going to be deep work. So you, there are some things that I would like you to do. And then I'm also going to let you know how you can be in contact with me personally. As you prepare for this workshop, and there is post-workshop support that happens after the workshop. So you get support before the workshop, you get the workshop, and then we're going to have some continued sessions after the workshop. So again, Clarity and Power Workshop, tinyurl.com forward slash KV, five people, that's it. It closes at five. Why am I talking all about this, like roundabout, to really get back to the issue clarity? Clarity is the key thing. So, I was thinking about this topic. You know, where in my own business journey do I struggle with comparison? Do I struggle with um, looking at other people who've made it, um, who've made it to where I want to go? Where do I struggle with that? And I guess my struggle with this episode is that I really don't anymore. I really don't. And, and so the question is, well, why do I not struggle with this anymore? And I think part of the reason I don't struggle with this anymore is I remember. So let's, let's give a little context. The first time I really, really started a business was 2007. And in 2007, that was when Twitter had first come out on the scene and I was heavily into Twitter. And so I was starting a life coaching business at the time when the economy was crap, right? I was going through a really messy, 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 uh, bitter divorce and custody battle. There was a whole lot in my life that was not conducive to building a massively successful business at the time, but I started one. And at that time, when I was on Twitter and Twitter was still this small thing, it's not this bloated, crazy thing that it is today. There were were other up and comers at that time who I would say were kind of in the In the same vicinity of where I was going at that time, who were up and coming. There was Danielle Laporte, who, if any of you have heard enough, she runs a show episodes. You know, I love Danielle Laporte, love her. She is phenomenal. I've got her books on my desk: the Fire Starter Sessions and the Desire Map. And I draw a lot of a lot of the work that I do with clients. I use Danielle Laporte all the time. Uh, Danielle Laporte was coming up, and I heard about her through Christian Northrup on Hay House Radio, and then there was. Uh, Marie Forleo was still relatively new and Marie Forleo is a rock star, uh, in terms of business development for women entrepreneurs, for men as well, but, but big time. Uh, you had Chris Carr who was up and coming in 2007. You had just, there, there were, there was a group of people, uh, Gabby Bernstein. So you had the Gabby Bernsteins, the Danielle Laporte's, the Chris Carr's, uh, the Marie Forleo's who in 2007 were nowhere near as big as they are right now. They're massive now. Um, but they were, they were building a following back then. And I was also back then sort of building a following and I don't ever today. I mean, I guess this is where I'm going. I think back then I looked at what they were doing back then because I was so new in business and I, and I was like, man, I want to I wanna have the following of Daniel Laporte back then. But I was just starting back then. I guess w- where I'm really going with this is I don't have that today. In 2007, I was looking at them from a perspective of I was in chapter one of business building and they were already at chapter 15. And so I was doing this comparison thing in 2007 because I was comparing my chapter one to their chapter 17 having watched them grow and develop and having watched their hustle over the last 11 years, and also having having compared their hustle and what really goes into what they've built, which is amazing, to the ups and downs that I've had in my own business hustle and life and other things. What I've come to realize just by being in their space for the last 11 years is that every number one, everybody's on a different time frame. You know, the things that I needed to go through and the starts and the stops that happened, which I chose looks very different than what they may or may not have been going through. And they, they went through some stuff. It's not comparing, but I needed to go the way that I needed to go. So I guess one of the reasons why I don't say to myself at this point man, why am I not on the Marie Forleo level? Why am I not on the, you know, Lewis Howes level? Why am I not on the Daniel Laporte level yet? I I don't, I don't do that. And, And I think the reason why I don't do it is because I know that everybody's journey is different. And I know that the journey I'm on is meant for me. And I know that the journey that they're on is meant for them. And so when I look at where they are, I can't wait to get to where Daniela Laporte is. I can't wait to get to where Marie Forleo is. I can't wait to get to where Lewis House is. Um, I realize number one, that I cannot compare my journey to theirs because I don't know if they're on Chapter 17 or Chapter 25. And even though I may now be on Chapter 5 or Chapter 7, I don't know if my Chapter 17 is going to look like theirs. So I think the first thing about comparison is no, no, no entrepreneur's journey is ever the same. And the moment I stopped saying, well, why am I not there yet? Or, you know, why are they there, but I'm not there? It's apples to oranges. It's apples to oranges in terms of comparison. And so I I figured out pretty quick that the best way that I could support my own entrepreneurial journey while honoring theirs is being a witness to their, their, their success and clapping for them and sharing their work with the world and supporting them and like taking their work in and just being in awe of what they're creating and what they're doing. I mean, I love Marie Forleo, Marie TV. I love it. I watch it. She cracks me up. I will never be dancing on any of my YouTube videos. I will never be rapping on any of my YouTube videos, but I love that she does that. I love that that's her. And so every time I watch one of her videos, I'm reminded to be me on my videos. I'm reminded that it can be fun, right? If it's not fun, it doesn't get done. So says Marie Forleo. So I think number one, it's, it's separating, it's reminding yourself when you feel like you're getting into the comparison and really, what do they say? Comparison is the thief of joy. When you, when you find yourself looking at other people in your space and you're going, man, I, why is it taking me so long to get there? And, and I want to be happy for them, but I can't, their journey is different from your journey, but there's so much that you can get. From watching them rise. There's so much that you can take in and you're, you can contribute to their rising. And so even in moments where I feel kind of like, you know, I see certain online entrepreneurs and, you know, and I go, well, they're, that's not really authentic, right? We've all had those moments, right? Where you go, that's what they say on camera, but that's not actually who they are behind closed doors. And then you get a little pissed off because you're like, You're talking one thing, but you're actually not that way behind closed doors. You ever had that moment where you're like, okay, I know you and I sort of know a little bit about you. So I know that the stuff you're claiming is not real. I have those online entrepreneur relationships too, where I see them on camera and I go, that's not authentic. Um, Rather than being stuck on the fact that I don't know why they're so successful because what they're saying online is actually not accurate with who they're being behind the video camera. What I like to do with those situations is I like to say to myself, Cassandra, this is a reminder, you better not do that. Like, you better be the same on your podcast that you are before you better be the same on video than you are before. Everything I teach, everything I talk about at the same time that I'm teaching you, I'm talking to myself. Um, I woke up super tired this morning, super tired, not as tired as I did yesterday because I didn't sleep well the night before, but I woke up super tired this morning. I thought to myself, I have got to get this podcast episode out that I've wanted to get out for a long time. That's called how to hustle when you're tired. Cause there are moments when you are exhausted in business and you still got to produce. I mean, sometimes you can go back to bed and I did go back to bed like three times. I was supposed to get up at four. I got up at six, but Sometimes you got to hustle when you're tired. And so I thought to myself, I need to get that episode out this morning because I woke up and I was tired. I sat in that blue chair to do my meditation and I was like, I just want to be in bed. That's a real thing for me. I'm not a 100% energy 100% of the time. And so I think it's really important that when you see people in your space who you know a little bit and you go, they're not authentic. You don't hate on them because they're pretending. (laughs) That's the nice way to put it. But you do, you do use that as a lesson for yourself in business. And you say, I better be in front of the camera, who I am behind the camera, because if I'm not, that's going to show at some point. And so I use people, even the people that don't in my space that don't necessarily agree with, I use them as teachers and I see the lesson of that but let's get to the whole, let's, let's, let's get a little bit deeper because I've been thinking about this and rocking my brain. Cause again, I don't, I don't compare myself to other people. And here's the thing about it. This is what I try to teach all of my clients and all of my entrepreneurs that I work with in, in the inner badass, uh, Facebook private community. You know, this is why I created fire, your inner critic, find your inner badass and finally build your business on Facebook. And you can join that group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash fire your inner critic. You can, you can join there. Please join the group. You need, I mean, if you are dealing with this kind of stuff that I'm talking about today where, you know, you want to be happy for the people in your space, but then, you know, your inner critic is like, but why aren't you there yet? You need to be in this community. I do daily FB live trainings Monday through Friday. So go there, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash fire your inner critic. So, but let's say, you are, you're hustling in your business. You're building this thing. It is growing on some level, but you're also at the same time in the corner of your eye, you're watching people in your space and they are landing the media interviews that you want. They are doing the things that you want to do. They are growing. They are, they, they are changing. They are developing. They are doing, they're doing the work and you are just loving it. Um, and you're happy for them on one hand, but then you're, On the other hand, you're kind of like, but what about me? You know, but what about me? And I think I've done that comparison thing way more in personal life than in professional life. And I I think I owe part of that to having a very strong mother who always said to me growing up, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times my mother said to me, You are the best. You are the like, I think it was ingrained from birth, you are the best. My mother always said, you are, you are, you are the, like, that was just the over, you are the smartest, you are the best. I think she ingrained that kind of thinking in my head. So professionally, there've been very few times where I felt mediocre and there've been very few times where I felt, um, less than professionally because it was a belief that has been ingrained in me probably since before birth that I am the best. Period. Like no questions asked. So I don't think I, I don't think I do the comparison thing in business because I have a very firm belief that I am for certain people, that there is a tribe with my name on it, that they're meant for me and I'm meant for them. And in that way, because I know that's true, nobody can compete with me. Nobody can compete because it's my tribe. Just like I can't compete with their tribe. I can't compete with Marie Forleo's tribe. They're for her. And that doesn't mean that there's not some overlap, but I'm not looking to get Marie Forleo's tribe because my tribe is out there with my name on it, if that makes sense. So I think for me, I, I never do that in business because, you know, I know that it takes the time that it takes and that has its own negative side to it, but also because I know that my tribe is for me. I know that my tribe is for me and there and there is no loss. Like I, my tribe never comes at the expense of Danielle Laporte's tribe and her tribe never comes at the expense of mine. So I know that my tribe is for me. I think that has allowed me to not have that in business. But I have had that in personal life. I have. I have a much shakier um, belief in that same way in personal life. And I have had the comparison thing in personal life where I've thought, man, you know, I, I, I didn't build the family that I wanted to build. And, 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 you know, I've been divorced twice and I see some of my, my cousins and some of my family members, and they've been married to the same person for 15 or 20 years. And they have five children. And, you know, I've always wanted to have eight children. I do that a lot in my personal life. So I can relate to it in the sense of, well, I'm happy for my cousins and for different people that I see. I mean, friends that I have that, that have been married, you know, I, I was in my first marriage at 18. I have friends that have been married since they were 18 and they're now the same age as I am. They're celebrating like 20 years of marriage. And I, and I have moments where I go, I wanted that to be my life. Like I wanted to get married one time. I wanted to have children with one person, be married one time. And in 20 years, build this amazing, I wanted that. And the reality is I'm never going to have that. I'm never going to have that life. And so I do the comparison thing a lot when it comes to personal relationships, because again, my belief for me in that is way, it's way more shaky than my professional beliefs. So when I think about those of you who struggle with the comparison thing and struggle with this idea of, I want to be happy for the people in my space who are rising, but how do I also deal with the fact that I'm, I'm asking myself at the same time that I'm happy for them, why am I not there? Why, why, why is that not my life? Why am I, what's taking so long for me? Let me say a couple of things. And these are things that I say to myself, not about my business, but about my personal life. Um, your journey is yours. It's, it's unique to you. And it's a combination of 70% what you believe, 70% what you believe and 30% what you choose. Let me go into this a little bit. What you believe about a thing is what you create with that thing. And so the reality is, is because, and I'll use myself as, as an example, because my belief in my ability to create those long-term relationships, those close ties, those intimate bonds, the things that last have always been shaky, always, always that showed up in the choices that I made, the choices that I made in partners, the choices that I made with having or not having children, the choices that I made with, um, when to start things, when to end things that has showed up in my life over and over again. And 70% of my results in that personal arena has been because my personal life has been rooted in those limiting beliefs rooted in. I'm that's not possible for me. Rooted in, it's going to be hard. Rooted in, um, settling for less than I deserve. Rooted in, um, nothing less. So when I say to you, if you've got that thing going on in business, um, you, you got to begin with the beliefs that you're having about it first, because, and I'm still working on changing my personal beliefs around relationship. I'm not even going to sit here and tell you at 40 that I have, I have, taken those limiting beliefs and I've, I've empowered them. You're talking about beliefs I've had since my parents divorced when I was three. No, I'm nowhere near, um, evolving those beliefs yet. So I'm just going to be real up front. My personal relationship beliefs are a hot mess still. And I'm working through it. I'm working through it day by day. I don't think it'll take as long in business. I think personal is a whole other ballgame, which is why I never became a therapist. I almost did at one point become, uh, become a marriage and family therapist. That's why I don't go in that arena because I'm not really good in that arena. You know, I am I can listen to people, but I'm not good in that arena, so I don't do it. But what I will say is this, look at your beliefs. What are you believing about the about the likelihood of your business success? What are you believing about what you offer to the table? This is a worthiness thing. What are you believing about you standing out from the crowd? Do you believe that you do? Or do you believe that you're kind of, you're good, but you're not phenomenal? Or, um, you are, you're good enough, but you're not going to cut it when compared to other people? What are you believing? Because, getting over this comparison thing and getting over and and being able to stand in a space where you feel confident and certain about your worth and value in business. But, and at the same time, you can also be happy for the other people in your space, um, without getting, you know, without feeling a little bit of envy about it or a little bit of why am I not there yet about it? It's 70% belief and 30% choice. So 70% is what am I believing about myself? as compared to other people in my industry? What am I believing about myself as someone who stands out no matter what? may take me a little longer. It may require a little more, but what am I believing about myself? So remember, 70% belief, 30% choice. Now let's talk about the choice piece. The choice piece is 30% of this whole comparison thing is what am I choosing to do about the way that I feel? So often, and I talked about this in a previous episode when I talked about my delay at the Jackson airport and meeting Michael Hyatt and the fact that I threw an internal emotional three-year-old temper tantrum in the airport to the hotel in the hotel. It took me a long time to find gratitude. Just go listen to that episode. I can't remember which one it is, but I talked about this because I threw, I threw the biggest internal. like nobody looking at me at the airport would think I was throwing a fit, but man, did I throw an on the floor three-year-old temper tantrum fit. I did it done finished. Okay. 30% choice. When I say it's 30% choice, so often we fight how we feel in the moment, especially when we think how I feel towards this person in my industry who's where I want to be is wrong. Like I was sitting in a chair in that hotel room in Salt Lake City that night, and I literally spent at least 30 minutes in the chair railing against my lack of gratitude Thank God, listen, God, I know I should be grateful, but I'm so not. And I'm so angry and I'm crying because I am feeling in a way that I'm judging as being wrong. So this is where the 30% choice comes in. You're comparing yourself to somebody in your industry. And on the one hand, you're happy for them. And on the other hand, you, you're asking, are like, why am I not there yet? You know, like I'm happy for them, but is there enough room at the top? And, and how am I going to get there if they're already there? You're running all these things. The worst thing you can do is judge yourself for having those feelings and thoughts. Worst thing, because then you get stuck in them. Not only now are you feeling some kind of way about them and their rise, but now you're judging you for the feelings you're having about them and their rise. It becomes a hot mess situation where you're just running this negative downward spiral where you're judging them and you're judging you. And then you're judging them and you're judging... It's just, it, it, it doesn't move anything it doesn't move anything. So this is where the 30% choice comes in. There comes a moment when you've done that for long enough. And I don't know how long that is for you. For me, it was in that hotel room over 30 minutes, which really was too long, but it was what it was. There comes a moment where you've got to say to yourself, okay, I, I can either judge myself for feeling how I feel, or I can honor what I'm feeling. I can get to the bottom of, of where this is really coming from and I can do something about it. So 30% choice. So 70% is what do I believe about me and my worthiness as a business owner. But 30% is now going to the heart of, okay, um, where is this really coming from? What is this really about for me? Is it about the fact that I say I'm giving 100% in my business, but I'm actually giving 80 and I need to get real with myself about what it's going to take for me to go the full- Monty, the whole way, 100%. Um, Is it that it is a worthiness issue? And I don't believe that I'm worthy of my own success. And so I'm giving a 100%. And I'm watching these other people rise. And it's making it really clear that they know that they're worthy, which is why they're rising. And even though i'm giving 100% over here i still am dealing with a worthiness issue that's pissing me off cuz i thought i dealt with this worthiness issue is that what it is and let me make a different choice about what i'm going to do about that or is it that i i've been using the same business strategies and they've been innovating and they've been adapting and they've been changing and they've been you know like going out of comfort zones and pushing themselves and their rise is proving to me what I've known inside of me for a long time—that I need to innovate and I need to adapt—and yes, I'm going to fail a lot, but that's okay. What is the message that you're truly getting underneath all of this comparison stuff? And it does take a little digging to get there, but you can get there. Your soul knows why you feel some kind of way about their success. So instead of making it like, "Well, how can I not be a bad person because I'm feeling some kind of way about their success?" No, no, no. The You honor the emotion by validating its existence. Don't try to poo poo the emotion into, well, that's bad behavior and I shouldn't feel that way and I should be happy for them. Listen, a part of you is happy for them. That's why you're noticing and witnessing their, their, their rise. But it's okay if a part of you is not happy. It's okay if a part of you is going, what's the deal? Like, why am I not there yet? Because there's something underneath that. See, it's not the, the negative, It's not as negative as you think it is. There, there really is a gold mine underneath your feeling some kind of way that, that the reason why you're feeling that way right now is because you need to dig underneath the surface and you need to get to what's really underneath this. There's something else there. And this is just an experience that is meant to give you the opportunity to dig deeper and figure out what is really the deal with this? Like, like, why am I really feeling some kind of way about their success? It's not, it's, it, and it's not a bad thing. Here's, here's the 30% uh, choice part, how you choose to view you feeling some kind of way about somebody else in your industry rising is everything. You can make this about you not being a nice person. You can make this about you being um negative. You can make this about you being jealous. And and yes, there are, there are aspects of envy and jealousy in the mix, but they are teachers. Envy and jealousy are teach. What, what, what? Am- What am I seeing in this other person that's causing me to feel a little bit of envy? And what is the real message for me underneath that? What is it really coming to teach me, show me? Where do I need to do the work? What different choices do I need to make? Because here's the thing, and I can use a personal example, because again, this is for me, this comparison thing happens way more impersonal. I remember a time when I could not get pregnant to save my life. I had a first Uh, that, you know, I wasn't necessarily expecting, but glad that he's alive and well at 21. Um, but I really wanted a second baby fast. I really wanted, uh, a second baby and I could not get pregnant to save my life. And I would go to baby showers and I would, you know, I'd go to baby showers and I'd be like, why is this not happening for me? Or I'd watch the news. And this was in my early twenties. And I would see stories about 14 year old girls. And I wasn't much older than them at the time. I think I was 21, 22, maybe I would see stories about 14 year old girls who would dump their babies in dumpsters or leave them on the side of a highway. And I would, I would do the comparison thing. And I'd say to myself, How is it that God blesses these, these girls who don't want these babies with babies and I can't even get pregnant to save my life. Anybody who's infertility, who's gone through infertility knows what I'm talking about. And there just came a moment after four years of that, notice it wasn't three months, four years of doing that comparison thing where it was eating me up so much inside that I finally had to say to myself, I've got to stop this. Like, this is killing me. I got to be okay with where I'm at. I got to be okay with if, if all I ever have is one child, then it's enough. And I've got to get into a space where, yes, when I go, I, I mean, after a while, I stopped going to baby showers because it was so painful for me. But I got to a space after about three or so years where I said, I've got to be able to have the strength to go to a baby shower and even being sad and even being um, depressed. I've still got to have some joy for them. I've still, so then certain things started to change. I threw a baby shower for one friend and I had a great time doing it. I mean, I, I was still not pregnant, but I was happy to do it for them. And then I crocheted a blanket that was supposed to be for my baby. I made it pink because I wanted a girl at, you know, at the time I had a boy and I held on to that pink crocheted blanket, I think for at least a year or so. And then one of my uh, now ex-husband's friends was pregnant with a baby girl. And I knew in my heart, I needed to give that blanket to them. And I gave that blanket to them. And I think it was a year or so later, I was pregnant with William. Naturally, no fertility drugs, n- no fertility, pregnant with William. Boom. William was right there. And I'm going to tell you the comparison thing never went away. It wasn't like I stopped comparing like why, you know, next baby shower, next thing. It wasn't that the comparison thing ever went away for me. It's that I made different choices about what I did with those emotions and those feelings. The sadness at baby showers didn't go away. The, um, the, the wondering why there are these girls who give up their babies or mistreat their children at 16. And I was 20 something ready for a baby financially wanting a baby. That never, that comparison never went away. How I felt about the comparison, what I did about the comparison and how I chose to show up despite the comparison. This is a 30% choices thing. That is what changed. And that changed my response to life. That changed how I framed feeling the way I felt, even though the comparison thing never went away. And I really believe that's what brought William into being was that my, the way I looked at the whole thing changed, even if the comparison piece didn't stop and it lessened. And also my experience, my response to life, my choices changed. So at the end of the day, I've done this whole episode to go around about and say, When you have that fear of watching other people rise and you're not where you think you ought to be and they're in your industry. And on the one hand, you're happy for them. And on the other hand, you're like, what about me? And, 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 and how do I be happy for them? Even though I'm kind of asking, why am I not there yet? Just remember, it's not about eradicating the comparison thing. It really is 70% belief, 30% choice, 70% belief, 30% choice. It's 70% what you believe about you. And you've got to do that deep work and what you believe about you and your tribe and your worthiness and your business. And then it's 30%. What are you choosing to do when the comparison shows up? What are you choosing to make this mean? What are you choosing to really discover and learn from the comparison thing whenever it pops up rather than berating yourself or judging yourself for having it? Don't judge yourself for having it. We all have it in certain arenas. I don't have it in business. I think a lot of that is because, you know, my mother did a great job of giving me some really strong professional beliefs from day one. Strong. They are they are immovable, but not so on the personal side. So I do that a lot in my personal life. And I'm okay with that because I'm working on it. And it is what it is. And I don't have to make myself stop comparing myself to other people. I just have to know that it's 70% what I believe, which I can change. And it's 30% what I do when I am comparing and how I respond to life when I find myself in that comparison mode. And that's what it is. 70% per- percent belief and 30% choice. And at the end of the day, it's about clarity, clarity, because clarity brings power. And I will say this again. I'm doing this virtual workshop. You might want to spend the whole day with me just working on this comparison thing and really working through it. We will work through that. We will get down to what really is the gold mine underneath the comparison thing. We will get to what you're what's really going on for you. Join me for the clarity and power workshop, tinyurl.com forward slash clarity KV and join me five spots. That's it. Once they're gone, they're gone. Um, I don't know if I'm doing this again. We'll see. <laughs> um, so again, no judgment, no judgment. Love yourself. Just know we all have areas of life where we compare. We all have areas of life where we go. Why am I not there yet? Right? Like I have three kids. I've always wanted eight. I'm 40. I'd like to have five more. There's not a day that goes by that I don't go, why am I not there yet? (laughs) Why am I like, listen, I don't want to be 50 having a baby like both my grandmothers. I really would like to be done at 45. Why am I not there yet? And I'm okay with that comparison because in all reality, I'm not going to judge myself for asking meaningful questions for me that if I really dig deep and I go underneath them, there's gold waiting for me there. And I'm not going to judge myself for that. So don't judge yourself. Know that there's more to it than that and be willing to do the work of getting to the 70% belief part and the 30% choice part. And at the end of the day, trust that your success is guaranteed. May take longer, may look different. Trust that your success is guaranteed. Easier said than done, but it can be done. All right, everybody. I will talk to you on the next episode of She Runs the Show.